Welcome to the Freud's Angels podcast, where two highly intuitive women dig into everyday problems using our connection to the divine, psychology, and energy work. We support you in your self-awareness, growth, and aid you in your shadow work. Now we're your hosts. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Grace. Let's get into the show. Hi, angels. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I'm i so used to saying that and then starting class. So I almost automatically welcome to level three, module six. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. No, wait, because we don't, we're recording on a non-recording day. So I'm really kind of lost. Yeah. <laughs> I've lost all sense of time and who I am and what planet I'm on and, and, and to what I'm doing. So, hey, angels, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> You know, it is very interesting. Like, this isn't our normal time. What's going to happen? <laughs> We're in completely different energies today. So we'll see how that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Normally I have had no sessions. So recording this after having already been in like counselor me, I'm, I'm interested to see how that does or does not change things. <laughs> yeah. How that transfers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Vanessa, what are we talking about today? Well, um, I'm, like I said, I, you know, I've been doing sessions today, so <laughs> I've kind of been a little bit in this energy as already, but, um, the important, the importance of like deconstructing our programming is like, I mean, people probably get tired of me talking about it. Like I say the word programming like a billion times a week, but it really is, um, important, And today we're going to get into, you know, kind of that programming that we've gotten growing up, the the voices in our heads that are um, maybe, maybe unkind, maybe really uh, not constructive and more critical and where they come from, how to get rid of them. How did this happen? You know, just kind of the, the 101 of the voices in your head, you know, (laughs) that when you're not schizophrenic, (laughs) like, how does this happen? How, how does it run our lives? And why is it important? I think is, is a good place to start. I mean, when people come to me, I feel like, um, a lot of times we get that, I get the shock value of when we discover like why we're doing the things that we're doing there. I can't tell you how many times I've asked somebody, well, why do you do that? Like, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do? I'm like, I don't know. Is that what you want to do? You know, and that's legitimate conversation that happens in session. And it's like being given the permission to explore whether or not that is in your existence of who you are, or if that was installed in you is like a shock to the system. So I'm feeling like that energy is coming in right now. in this podcast, like we are going to give you guys all kinds of permission (laughs) right now to look at this and decide for yourself what stays and what goes. Yeah. I think as we start, regardless of whatever journey you're on, whether it's more of an emotional, like therapy type of journey, whether it's a spiritual, whether it's both, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever journey you're on, I think at some point you're always going to get to that point where you're like trying to understand 
why you have tendencies to do things, Mm -hmm. why you say certain things, why Mm -hmm. there are, you know, we call them our tapes. Why are the tapes Mm -hmm. in my head always so Mm self-critical? Why, you know, where, where did it come from? Mm -hmm. Because inherently we didn't, we weren't, I always go back to this and this is where, like you said, programming's the word for you. This is mine is when we come on this earth, when yep. we are born, <laughs> we are not born with self-critical mindsets. Mm-hmm. We are not born with the tapes that we have in our brains as adults that tell us we're lazy or tell us we're not amounting to anything or tell us that we've done something wrong or that we're responsible for others' happiness or that, you know, whatever it is we're, we're, um, living from whatever basis we're living from. Mm -hmm. And I think once we begin to realize we have choice, I think it's like, Oh, (laughs) you mean, I don't have to call myself lazy every time I want to take a nap. Nope. You don't have to because it's not. And then, and then you begin to meet people who are like, Oh yeah, we do it all the time. And you're like, you do. (laughs) (laughs) but I don't, I don't see you as a lazy person. I see you as a very highly like motivated person. Oh yeah. Well, naps are part of the thing. And I'm like, Like, why don't you hate yourself? (laughs) Why are you (laughs) self-deprecating? Right. What, what is this? What is this magic? What is this black magic that you're working? Like how, how, you know, how does this work? And you begin to realize the places where the norm for you is really, you're like, that doesn't sync up with life the way Mm -hmm. that it's supposed to. Yeah. And for yourself, I mean, I think that the big wow factor of it is like, I have choice, like separate from everybody else. Like I have my own that I could do. That's not the same as anybody else. And it's, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it's really hard to dig into that and allow it because those voices are so loud and they're so deeply ingrained and they come in different forms that it's like, yeah, our, our autopilot, which, you know, we, we sometimes talk about is full of other people's God, other people's visions and other people's words and other people's guidance. And we quiet our soul's guidance in favor of that for many reasons well it's the classic it's too it's too it's too dangerous to buck the system and to not comply you know when you Mm -hmm. have any type of childhood that's not accepting and open and easygoing and equitable you know you tend to have things like you know parents who are highly critical or oh my gosh you know is my drunk father what type of footsteps are happening is it heavy is it dangerous? Mm -hmm. Is it light? Is it going to be okay? When you're in these environments, having, being different, challenging the system is not safe whatsoever. And I think, I, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a good point to stick with is that we learn these things and we learn these differences when we start to create safe environments for ourselves. When we begin to create safety for ourselves to open up to some of our kind of programming, our trauma, our woundings, whatever it is you're seeking to do. The main thing is, is that you have, there's a safety thing, like whether with a therapist, a healer, or even just within yourself, like 
is it safe to expose myself to myself or is it going to, is it going to backfire on me? Am I going to be that drunk alcoholic father and start yelling at myself and being really belittling internally? You know, Mm -hmm. am I going to create that? Is it safe? Have I learned enough to be compassionate or at least neutral with what I discover? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, you know, why we say, you know, one of the greatest things to practice is being neutral is because when you start to discover things, it's not that you don't want emotion or you don't want the idea of what you're feeling when you discover them. You want to be able to have compassion for yourself and understanding, but sometimes it's hard. So all we can ask for is just neutrality. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes that's easier than it is to have, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's what I've been living through. Now, at some point it's easier, but, you know, neutral and safety is like step number one. Like, you know, that's like, you have to have a safety container and you have to be able to look at things from an aspect of, oh, that's interesting. I see that connection Mm because it's harder when you're like looking from the inside out versus the outside in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when we go on these, this journey, I think a lot of people, um, have a reluctance to it because it feels like we're going to go in and start Freud blaming everyone, um, <laughs> you know, and talking trash about our parents and all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, as part of the system, we're trained not to do that um, because they gave us life and they gave us this and that. And, you know, all of those, the sacrifices that it's like, well, you had me, so I'm not sure about the sacrifice, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but you know, it is hard. I, when, when I dive into this kind of stuff and, and when I ask, sometimes they're pointed questions. Sometimes I have to, you know, kind of beat around the bush and get somebody to admit what I already know is there because they're afraid to hear it the way that I have to say it, you know, I could say it, but being able to do that is the only way to discern the differences between your voices and the voices of the people who installed that programming. I mean, we can't deny the fact that we learn from what is in our early environment. We come out, like you said, with like a mostly clean slate other than, you know, our soul contract type stuff and, you know, those kind of things. But on this earth, when we show up, the time period we show up in the people we show up to are there to teach us how to live in that time period. And we learn from them, mostly them for a good chunk of those early brain development years. So we can't deny the fact that even when your parents are doing the best that they can, if they've installed negative things, we have to look at them if you want to change, if you want to have a different voice in your head, it's really hard. I mean, I really, I I come across a lot of people saying, you know, well, I mean, I'm not mad at them or I don't hate them. And it's like, this isn't what this discussion is about. We are discovering and that's it. We're just unearthing the voice. Is it yours? It can be yours. If you super wholeheartedly agree with something that you were taught, it can be yours. But if you only agree with it because you're afraid (laughs) to do something else, then we have to have that discussion because you won't feel free until you have that discussion. Just like when we're being super critical and it's like, well, where did that come from? Oh, 
you know, my, this isn't my example, but somebody else's example of, well, my mom was really restrictive with food. And so I learned that that was how to be healthy because that's what it was told to me. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's not, you know, that, that didn't come from you. And maybe mom did think that, but what are we going to change that to now? What do we want that to be? How has that created something negative in your life that we can turn that around? Because that's all we're here to do. We're just here to figure it out and then change it so that you feel like you've created your life and you haven't just been living somebody else's blueprint. Yep. And when we discover a lot of things and, and, and I love the way you just framed all of that, because it's so important to realize is that when we get, begin to get into that blame game and it isn't just, a, it's, it's when you recognize where you learned it, it's mm-hmm. not blaming, it's a recognition. Yeah. But when, you, when you're into that full-blown like blaming, like, oh, my mom was this, my mom was that, she did this to me, she did that to me. You're giving your power away to heal it. Mm-hmm. When we can look at it as an understanding there you you're keeping your power internal to say i'm i'm doing this because i want to change or i want to heal whatever it is i discover mm-hmm. and that's important now don't get me wrong friends i even i recently have discovered some patterns and some some programming from that was from my dad and did i get pissed at first yeah i got pissed because it was negligence. It was, it was, it was a really horrible thing that horrible way of raising a child that impacted me in my life in a very detrimental way. Yeah. I was pissed because I was, I, I'm pro, I was pro me. Like I'm, I'm looking to heal this and I'm looking and I'm, and I'm the guardian of me now. And mm-hmm. so if I, as a parent of myself, seeing that made me angry because I felt, but that doesn't mean I was like, it's his fault. I'm like this and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't that angry, that type of anger. It was the anger of holy fucking shit. I've lived my whole life thinking X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it is not true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being mad about a belief that you didn't need to carry is very different than saying this person did this to me. And so I have to hold on to that person as related to the horrible thing that they've done. Right. As, as evidence that it wasn't me. Yeah. And, right. right. You know, it, right. And, and also, it's also like, I get angry when I look at the work that it's taken and that I have to do to undo some of the programming. It does fire me up, mm-hmm. but I also understand and I accept that you know, where my parents were at, I, I don't need to, whatever their issues were, whatever their phone filters were, whatever their own struggles were, I don't need to work through that for them. That's not my job, mm-hmm. but I can take the energy of that, that moment, that self-criticism or that belief system and say, oh, that's my dad's belief system. Mm-hmm. And I visually take the energy and like, like I have like piles of her people, like yeah. my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my, you know, my brothers, like everybody has a, like this kind of pile. And yeah. so like, like, Oh, 
That's a dad thing. And so I'll dump. This pile. <laughs> and like, and like, so I'm kind of almost like saying, nope, that's not what I want to live by because I have choice now. Yeah. And so now I realize who it's from. I can kind of say, I don't accept that. I don't mm-hmm. accept the fact that, you know, I will never be a creative person. I don't accept the fact that mm-hmm. I will always be poor, like because of how I spend my money. I don't accept that. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm refusing that belief because it doesn't apply. And I'm starting to rewrite that narrative by saying, no, thank you. And really just, I don't have to do it mean. I don't have to do it even in the anger. I'm like, I'm allowed to be angry and I allow the anger to be there. But after a while, it's like, okay, I'm done being angry. How do we work through this? Yep. And part of that is, is by energetically handing the energy back to the the person and saying, that was yours. That isn't mine. What do I believe about myself? Mm -hmm. And, and, but you know, there again, it takes a minute to get here. (laughs) Yes, it does. And little bits are going to come up here and there along the way. I mean, and and everybody's journey is so different. And that's why, you know, I get so angry when you see these like pop psychology people coming on there and then everybody, like not everybody, but lots of people identifying with the same exact thing for a short period of time, but not getting any healing from it because it's not individual enough for it to create that healing, you know, being able to, I mean, the, the journey of mine of healing, it started very young and I'm very lucky for that to have started, you know, being in, in support groups and things like that from a young age to be able to know like what was happening or what did happen prior, like in my home or even in my parents' home, I don't have to carry that. I can, I can take what I like and leave the rest. That was one of the mantras, <laughs> you know, like take what you life like and leave the rest. And, and it, it's like, you have to give yourself the permission to be a disappointment, right? Because you, you say to yourself, I may be a disappointment to them because of what they've decided works, but I'm not a disappointment to me because of what I feel when I do this. And once you start doing that, like it really does get easier. You know, like I, I'll I'll swear when I come across something that I'm like, really, you know, like, where did that come from? You know, or like a a new discovery of, of a, of a faulty programming part where I'm like, oh, that was sneaky, you know, like, but it's kind of exciting to be like, oh, thank God, I'm not going to have to do that for the rest of my life now that it has come up in my face. But it's only like that from doing some of that hard work of like discovering and then becoming myself and allowing myself to be who I am. It comes out in little bits, even now, you know, when I change my mind to being like, you know, checking in with myself and, and my programming of whether or not that's okay. What does it mean? when I don't want to work that hard today, what does that mean? You know, like, is that bouncing off of anything that I still need to, you know, to, to tackle, but it does get easier guys. It's just a matter of, you know, getting comfortable with the idea that, um, we're not blaming when we're explaining, yeah. we're just getting 
an idea of where something comes from so that we can decide whether or not we want to take it or leave it. Right. Right. It's, it's deciding whether it's going to support you in your future or whether it's going to be, because I mean, there are things that, you know, that, that I do take with me. There are things that, that are positive, very few in my case, but that I will take with me and that, you know, it was from going through what I went through there. You know, I feel like, you know, they always say, you know, your greatest wounding is your biggest gift because you've learned how to do it. You've learned how to work through it. And because you have your, your source of information for the next people who need to do it and and helping others. And yes, it is so true. Do I want anybody to experience trauma? No, no. Understand that there are different levels of that type of wounding. Mm-hmm. There are different levels of, you know, and I'm talking, you know, yes, verbal abuse, but there's bigger things. There's sexual abuse, there's mm-hmm. physical abuse, there's different things. So we're really well aware that it's not always just as easy as saying, oh, that's dad's. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, guilt and then there's a lot of blame and there's a lot of ownership that takes place when there's abuse. And so there's a lot more to unpack. So be gentle with yourself. And when you discover some of them, find, you know, reach out. If you have a therapist, amazing, bring it to therapy because therapist loves this shit. Trust me. Mine is like here for. cloud nine. And she is like, yes, we're getting it. We're doing it. We're like, she gets so excited when I come to her with these. And even just while I'm sitting there talking to her, the epiphanies will show up as I'm talking and she just, their face, she's just like, did she get it? Did she get it yet? She's like, she sees it and she's waiting for me to go. Oh, (laughs) totally happened. Even this morning where it was like, I couldn't wait for my client to finish. Cause I was like, Oh God, the connection's coming. Like you could just, you're like, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> like, because you know the freedom that comes on the other side of it. You're like, oh, you're going to release it, man. And oh, it's just going to open up a whole new world. Like I'm getting, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it because of the, the beauty of that, that mm-hmm. allowance of, I'm not going to carry it, but I'm going to look at it yeah. and I'm going to allow myself to see all parts of it so that I can let go of it because the things that we hide, the things that we, we keep in our blinders, they're just going to keep controlling us. I mean, we like to think that they're not going to, but they are because the more you deny it, it's like anything, the more you push something away, the harder it pushes at you. And you know, that this kind of stuff is like amazing to get rid of. (laughs) And it's, and if, and if you're in that space of creating the life you choose, your internal world is your magnet. Mm -hmm. So if you like, say, for example, you're looking for a partner, but you're a person who's highly self-critical of yourself and you don't want to deal with it. You just think that that's the way it should be. Guess what type of partner that you're going to attract? Somebody who's highly critical of you. You're just going to marry the people that gave you the narratives to begin with. Trust me. I married my stepfather. Like, not really. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I said that before. Not literally. <laughs> yeah. Not literally, but, guys. Yeah. But energetically. Yeah. 
you know, both substance abusers, alcoholics, you know, both of them. And like, I, the energy and what I lived in is the same as what I lived in through my childhood. And I think I was there with my stepkids so that I could prevent them from experiencing the same thing I experienced. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't mean that that's not, I, each of us have our own journey and our own sense of, you know, what we do with it, but it's the more that we can kind of disassociate from the tapes we've been given, the more, like you said, Vanessa, the freedom that we have to not only care about ourselves, but to take care of ourselves. And I said this to a friend the other day, it doesn't matter how much outward self-care you do if you don't work in the internal realm of what you tell yourself, there's no amount of self-care that's going to be enough. Yeah. Or success or any other thing that looks positive on the outside. That's why we have rich people who take their lives. That's why we have people who, you know, have nervous breakdowns when they seem to have everything because the internal is saying some is continuously saying something different from the external. Right. Right. And we all do it. I mean, I I think we all do it to some extent, even, you know, even in the, the, even in the height of our, our growth, we, we find these little nuggets of like, Oh, like I would, I thought I was doing that, but here's a little bit of extra that can really push me over, you know, over into a greater amount of healing, you know, especially when we talk, I mean, when we talk about our parent wounds, (laughs) I mean, it's like, sometimes, sometimes I do get in that space of like, I am going to be dealing with the masculine moon probably in my next lifetime, (laughs) because it feels a little overwhelming how much I have to deal with it in this lifetime, (laughs) you know, Uh, but it's that commitment of like, okay, I'm ready to do it. I will do it. And all I will face all my patterns and I will explore all the things that come up as possibility. And then I will explore them again if they come up another time, because it will mean that that time I'm ready to deal with, you know, the repercussions that that has caused in my life. But the, again, like when we talk about the healing on the other side of it, you know, once the anger usually is the first thing that comes in, you know, cause I think we're like, damn it. But there's, you know, sadness can come in, anxiety when we don't really know what to do in the opposite, um, disappointment when we've, when we've repeated the same patterns and been like, cool, how did I do that again? <laughs> you know, like I thought my awareness was a bit higher than that. And it's just, okay, well, let's turn inward. How was I not taking care of myself? I love that you brought it up as self-care because I feel like that is a great like way to talk to yourself, right? Like what was I not doing to take care of myself that perpetuated this cycle, right? So when we talk about relationships, where did I abandon myself along this journey? Because I'm not going (laughs) to abandon myself next time. I need to see that red flag of my own. I don't need to only see the red flags of that person because their red flags are theirs to take care of my red flags are not seeing theirs, but also abandoning myself. How did that happen? And that conversation can happen with everything. You know, when, when I think about work, 
I have that conversation with myself of, are you abandoning your soul again? Because it happens more often than I want to admit where I fall directly into the hole. (laughs) There's like one of my favorite, it's, it's like my favorite poem and it's not really a poem. It's kind of like a story. It's an, it's called autobiography in five short chapters. And it's by Portia Nelson. I don't know. I think it came from a book, but you know, to like summarize it, it's basically like I walk down the street and it's in five chapters and I fall in a hole and it's like, it's taken me forever to get out. This is ridiculous. You know, whatever. Then chapter two, I walk down the same street. I fall in the same hole. <laughs> like, and, and like, I'm, I'm over here dumbfounded. Like, how did I get in this hole? <laughs> right. And it goes on to be that, you know, eventually you just don't walk down the street, but you have to go, you have to be on all of those steps to be able to look back and be like, well, what was I, what, what part did I miss this time? <laughs> like this time I was, I, I wasn't looking and that's why I fell in this time, you know, and then you get to the end. I just kept trying the same thing that was my major problem. And so now if I'm not trying the same thing, I won't fall in the same hole. And just that self-reflection and with compassion for how did this get here to begin with? And like, how did it continue to perpetuate in my life right now without having to feel like a big failure? It's just taking care of yourself, just turning inward and saying, I want to, I want to take care of you. Let's figure out what happened. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, there's a tide that gets turned, I think, at some point of your journey, when you realize how you treat yourself. I also feel that part of why we keep the narratives, and why we continue to perpetuate them into our lives, is because there's a part of us that still seeks approval, and love and, and, and a sense of pride from our parents. There is a part of us that still wants their validation, even though we've worked through it. We understand we're not going to get it. We understand that it's their filters were broken and you do all the work, but there's a part of us that still seeks that and thinks that that's, that's, you know, because I know for me, I mean, so much of, my journey is realizing that my mom is not going to be the mom that I want her to be. She's never going to approach me with a sense of how are you? How can I support you? It's about how can I support her? What I can do for her. So as I, you know, as I work through some of it, I realize that. And I realize that, oh, I'm still waiting for her to be the mom I want her to be. And then part of me wants to punish her for not being the mom that I want her to be. Mm-hmm. And so having to let that go and having to realize you need to be, I need to be for myself what my mom wasn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of me. Mm-hmm. I need to be there for myself. I need to follow through with the things like, I, this sounds, these are the simplest, stupidest things, but they're big. Like it was like in the last episode, a couple episodes ago, we talked about me driving to the lookout and catching the sunrise because I had not gone the day before because of a disruption. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I really wanted to go for a drive and I really wanted to just 
go into my happy place because I love to drive and I love the gorge. And so it was me staying up at 4 a.m. and going and doing it and catching the sunrise at 5.30, which you know, friends, I would never do. But I, <laughs> I finally did that for me. I, yeah. I, I, I followed through. I gave myself something I knew I deeply needed. Mm-hmm. It's last night. It's me looking at my finances and looking at my money and wanting to order out because I was tired, but looking at everything and saying, oh, you know what? I want to save that money because I need to get X, Y, and Z. So I would rather get that than spend my money on takeout. Like it was having that discretion. And my inner part of me was like, I want to eat out. And then it was like, yeah, and it was like, it was like, I was having a temper tantrum. I'm in prison. I know. And I said, and I said, okay, I said, here's the thing. We absolutely can do it. Their money's there. It's not like we can't do it. And I'm like, and if that's what you want to do, I'm, I will do it for you. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, radio silence. And then internally I was like, I want to eat out. However, (laughs) I also want X, Y, and Z as well. And I see that if I wait and, you know, and, and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was my way of giving myself choice of not just being strong arming myself into not spending money or, and then, and then in re, in reaction to that, like my dad would, my dad would strong arm me into like, and guilt me into not spending money rather mm. than saying to me, look, you know, you can spend this money. However, this is what's going to happen if you spend that money and you're going to need that two weeks down the road and not have it because you've spent the money. And then rather than making informed decisions, he just made them for me and just told me how ridiculous I was being for wanting to spend my money on takeout. Right. That's his MO. Right. And I was like, and I was like, no, I'm not going to perpetuate that. And I just, so I gave myself choice. And with that choice, I realized, okay, money is better suited to to getting something that we may want. Or Well, because it wasn't a punishment. Right. You know, and I think that that's where that comes in is the, is the idea of like, am I punishing myself or am I just giving a choice and then making a decision? And when we feel like the, our programming is a pre-punishment, right? If we're already depriving ourselves, um, it's a pre-punishment. We're not going to have the same energy around it as if we're, we sit in it and go, well, I mean, I could do either one and uh, there's a consequence and a reward on either side of it, what do I really want? And letting it, it stays with you the whole time when you have that conversation it doesn't go anywhere else. It doesn't go to, well, what was I taught? And you know, what, how bad am I going to feel because I failed when blah, blah, blah. Like we don't have to go that far. We can just say, well, you know, in, in reality of today, what's my goal? Am I, am I short-term gratification today or my long-term gratification today? And whatever way, whatever way I choose, I'll stick with it. And I'll make if, if it's short-term today, then I've, I'll commit to myself to do something that helps me with the long-term thing, you know, so that I feel like I've equaled myself out and yeah. I feel good about all my decisions. That's usually what I do, right? Like, because I have that same conversation with myself about eating out. Cause I'm, I'm, t- I'm tired, man. I'm busy. <laughs> like working, I'm doing the business, I'm whatever, I've got the kid. And it's like, I don't want to cook today. And then there are times where I'm like, I don't want to cook today, but I also really 
don't want to spend that money. What can I do instead? And I'll look and it'll be like, I can grill up some chicken and throw it on salad and we're all good. We've all eaten. And I'm like, that was not as hard as the big meal that I had in my mind. I have, I'm at peace with all of this. (laughs) I am at peace. This was not a punishment whatsoever. It was a choice for my future. That became more important today. Yes. And, and maybe what, next week it won't be. <laughs> yeah, true story. And what what, will ha- what happens when we strong arm ourselves into not doing something, saying, no, you can't because you have failed to budget your money properly or saying, what do we do? We just, we're like, fuck you and do it anyways. Yeah, it's like a slingshot. Well, now I'm going to do it hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to rebel against this. So, yeah. <laughs> It creates that rebellion. And then you end up fucking yourself because of of a narrative that's in your brain. And I know friends, this sounds so juvenile, but it's what I missed. I've just had just judgment, nothing but judgment in a, how I spent my money as a young adult and B that, you know, that, that I'm, that I will X, Y, and Z I'll end up X, Y, and Z or that this, you know, and it's like, that didn't, it didn't help. I needed somebody to say, hey, these are the choices. This is what will happen with choice A. And this is what will happen with choice B. And Mm -hmm. what is it that you want to do? Like that's, I mean, that's so simple, but it would have prevented all of my money habits and all of my tendencies to rebel. But, you know, there again, I had to learn how to do that for me. I had to learn to become the parent that I needed for myself. Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's the hard part is that when we're just, when we discover kind of, Oh, that's mom's, that's dad's, that's aunt Mary's, that's grandpa and grandma, that's whomever. We have to decide how we will treat ourselves Mm -hmm. and with no kind of frame of reference, meaning if we had bad parenting, how can we create good parenting with ourselves? Yeah. The is, lightning bolt doesn't come down just because we want it. Right. <laughs> I'm ready for it now. Where is it? <laughs> how do I do it? <laughs> we have to learn. We have to give, we have to understand ourselves in situations and what our tendencies are. We have to look at how we operate from these belief systems and these train and these judgments about ourselves and really step into that space of, okay, well, what is, what would I want have wanted in that situation? Well, when it comes to money, I would want choice. I would want an understanding of my impulse spending, how it impacts tomorrow or the next week or the next day or my vacation or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but because I waver between being so strict and so rigid and being so loosey goosey that it's like, I have to find that happy medium. Yeah. And, and, the, and for me, that was choice. It's choice. It's okay. some days I'm going to say, you know what? I get it. We're going here, but today, sorry, I want, I want takeout sure. because I'm truly just at my wits end. And I don't think, yeah. and I ended up eating scrambled eggs and toast, which was amazing. But yeah. Can we talk about how that happens? <laughs> yeah. Where it's almost like a gift from the universe to be like, you forgot that simplicity is beauty sometimes. 
like you may, you were about to have a, a delicacy that you forgot was a delicacy. Right. <laughs> How much you love it. Like and the toast with it. Like I had toast with butter and toast with peanut butter and the toast with butter was just so good. I was just like, Oh my God, this is the best piece of toast I've had. And like, and I always, this is gross, but this is an aside and this is where we get it. But when I was used to have surgeries, my, cause I had to take meds so often, my comfort food became a slice of toast with peanut butter and a fried egg on top. And so last <laughs> night I had a slice of toast, with peanut butter, and I put scrambled eggs on top of it and I ate it that way. And I was like, that too was the best thing I have had since a long time. I yeah, mean, which gives your brain the signal, right? Like, cause part of it too, is like unlearning what, if we've decided our reward system isn't quite working for us, which is, I think some of the conversation that's happening here and some of the conversation of like, when we talk about getting the approval, it's like a reward, right? Yeah. Like the reward for doing things the right way that you were told how to do it or you were told how it is, you're looking for that. Sometimes we're just looking for the lack of disapproval, you know, or the lack of the negative versus the pro positive thing. And in those situations, it's kind of like, where did I decide that, 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 that it was going to be negative to do any of these things? Right. Like what, wh- what's the basis of all of that? Because that simplicity usually does come in. You know, like, and it, for me, sometimes it's like, oh, I feel like eating out. Well, I don't need to get a ton of food. I can still spend $10 and eat. And it, it doesn't have to be a big major, like, oh no, because it cost me $10 to cook dinner at home too sometimes, you know? So it's like, I can balance those things out, but it's like, I've created it as a reward system and a, and a punishment system. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, where is this coming from? I, I, I want to change that narrative because growing up in my house, we did not eat out very often because it was food, but it was almost like a, because it was expensive. It was almost like it was a reward. Right. And I would see that as a reward to my parents for how hard they've worked. And, you know, my, my mom having a night off because we'd have pizza and it was like, because she works so hard, we get to eat out like this big reward system thing and found myself perpetuating the same exact cycle, but adding that punitive part of it of yeah. like, well, you haven't worked hard enough because yeah if you had, this wouldn't be a big deal. And it's like, where is this conversation coming from? I want to change my thought process on the whole thing. So I have to go backwards and see where that message came from, leave it with the person that it came from because it's theirs to work through. Um, They were just passing on what they knew. And it's my job now to think of something else, like their job is done. And whether or not they did it perfectly is not even a thing that we have to talk about right now. I just need to talk about how I'm going to change it and changing that narrative to be able to be like, yeah, at any time you could eat out every single day. You're not going to like doing that because you're not going to like how it makes you feel. You're not going to like the money that you're spending because you do like to cook also. So how are we going to change the way that we think about all this? What's our new thought process of what that means in your life? And it, it just makes a world of a difference, but having to go through that entire process, you know, this, it's not easy. You need, I mean, to me, it's like, you need somebody to help bounce that off, you know, somebody to be like, 
this is what I see. Is this what you feel? So that I can respond in a way that I wouldn't have come from my own head. Yeah. And when we take on these thought processes, belief systems, sometimes it's because a wounding is being perpetuated from your parents through you. Mm -hmm. And I often see it as that's not mine to heal. Like this is not mine. I didn't, I don't, I didn't come in with this wounding. Right. This isn't for me to, to heal. Or um, to heal within them. Right. right. Like, cause we're right. healing it within us because it got passed on to us. But like the, like, I don't have to take it that far. I can just change it right here. Just literally right. cut it off and the new limb grows. I don't need to go and impart, you know, my, my eating and food knowledge to my mother who was perpetuating dieting her whole life and where I got it from. I don't need to take all the information and give it to her because she doesn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> right. As a way, I mean, I think we do that sometimes as a way of low key retaliation, you know, of, of, of kind of being like, you thought you knew better, but you don't. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, because right. I think it's real easy for that to creep in because it comes a little bit with that anger conversation of yeah. I'm not happy that I've had to heal this. I am not happy that I went, you know, 43 years before I discovered this thing that was kind of making this hard for me. I'm pretty mad at you a little, you know, like because you didn't do this healing, right? So in your face, and then yeah. it's like, okay, what what's really happening here? Nothing. There is no in their face. Like that's not actually changing a damn thing because they are gonna change it if they want it. But you've changed it, and that's your celebration, and that's your win. And just take it and go. <laughs> well, and one of the things I will say though, and one of the techniques I don't know if I mentioned this in my last couple podcasts, in the last couple podcasts, but you know we're always sharing our our process. One of the things I have found is um, if you have parents who have crossed over, find a medium and say, hey, Mm -hmm. I need to confront my mom or my dad with some stuff. Would you be willing to give them information if they come forward? I did this, dude, and I swear to God, (laughs) it was one of the most cathartic kind of moments not that I needed them to receive it or I needed to respond in a person, but it was really me verbally giving back all of the stuff that they had imparted on me and all of that. And, and, you know, and thankfully, you know, most, most people see the bigger picture on the other side. And my dad was very like, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. I thought that was the way to parent. I thought that was the way I wanted did I wanted to help and I realized now I was hurting. Yeah. It was so there's there's a lot of power in being able to do that with a loved one that's crossed if you believe in that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you know as you work on it through therapy, through you know, healing, whatever it is, and you think that that might help, I encourage you to find a medium to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like the gateway that I use to get people to that space, because you're right. Some people are like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not there yet. (laughs) It's like, that's okay. Like I'd like for you, that would be a faster way to get where we're going. But Hey, if you can't, if you can't connect to it, then you're not going to believe it. You're going to go there and you're not going to listen and you're not going to hear it, but that it, it, it really is a humanizing experience, right? Like of hearing the human part of that person come through 
from the other side because they have so much more of that understanding that their emotional stuff, their emotional baggage was in the way when they were here on the earth. They couldn't see that part. It's like when we talk about our soul emerging from the box we've stuffed it in as a midlife crisis, it's like it's been in there the whole time. We've just been denying it. I feel like that's what happens is like, that's where that clarity comes. So what I always try to do with people when we're in a real like bad place with a loved one is I try so hard to humanize, like to take the edge off, to be like, well, what kind of messed up person was that? What kind of messed up person does that to someone, right? Like, and it's kind of like, we're, we're, we're still talking about how messed up they are, (laughs) but we're also getting into why. And that humanizing process allows for people to be like, well, I guess if I grew up in that house, I'm not sure I would have done any better, you know, and it just takes a little bit of the edge off. It doesn't excuse the behavior, but it takes a little bit of the edge off to be like, well, since I myself here know that I have overreacted a time or two in my life. I guess I can give that grace to somebody else who has less tools than I did. Okay, fine. If that's as far as I can go, that's as far as I can go. (laughs) Right. But that experience of hearing, you know, that that exists in everybody, but our woundings and our trauma trap it. And that's why people can't be great on earth all the time, but they are great in soul. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. This whole thing is hard. Like, as we talk about it, I'm just like, oh, you know, I mean, when you're listening and you're mad at somebody, it's hard to feel like this is ever going to be okay. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to humanize that shitty person. (laughs) Like, I want them to be the devil forever. It's like, okay, you do have that choice. Yeah. But just remember the, you know, the wounding that, that continuously happens on your side, if you're not willing to let go. Yeah. And it's not, and, and letting go and, and, and working through it and giving it back to them. is not condoning their actions. Exactly. It's saying it's, this is your camp. Yeah. This is your energy. This is not mine. This is not mine to live from forever. Right. I need to heal it. And, you know, and when you do that, you're taking control without taking, without going into that space of blame, because yeah. here's the thing, when you blame them, you feel it's because you feel a little bit of ownership mm. because when we're, we're in the blame game is because we're afraid to see what part we may play in that. Yeah. And really, I mean, when you're a kid, there's very little part you're going to play, but because they've frightened you thinking that it's your fault or that you have to feel guilty, then we tend to want to blame. We want to make sure that people see that, that it's their fault so that they realize it's not because we're bad or we're because we're, we were bad kids or that we have, it's our fault. It's, it's, it's a hypersensitive desire to show that it wasn't your fault, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And, and I get that. And I understand that that's what that comes from, but when we want to be free of it, that's, we have to be able to find that space of saying you're a dick, but I accept <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like, it's like playing a game of hot potato, right? Just because you threw the potato at me doesn't mean I need to hold on to it and burn the shit out of my hands for the rest of my life <laughs> to show everybody that you gave me a hot potato, <laughs> right? Like look what happened because I got it. Cause somebody at some point is going to go, well, then why'd you hold on to it? 
Like, well, cause they gave it to me. And, and now all of a sudden I feel silly. Like, well, I could have dropped it. Couldn't I have, <laughs> but no, I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that the hot potato I did not create. <laughs> exactly. But I also then held on to it and let it burn my hands. And I don't like that part. <laughs> yes. yes, totally. <sighs> it's a lot y'all. Like, I feel like when we listen, you know, when we, when we talk about this stuff, it's like, I, I mean, I know for me, I have so much gratitude for the process. I have so much gratitude for all the work that I've done and, and like some of the difficult stuff. And really, you know, I, I do, even though, you know, I'll roll my eyes when it comes along, I have gratitude for when new things show up because it has never not leveled me up. It has never like, well, first of all, I don't allow it. Right. Because I could allow some of this stuff to drag me down and turn into the blame game and let the power be gone. But because I don't do that, it's like, oh, there's some, there's more freedom coming. Like, and, and you get addicted to that freedom feeling you get addicted to being like, oh, wow, I can just leave you over here. Like as many times and as much as I want and not interact if I don't want to and not be re-victimized by you. Okay. Sign me up. Yeah. What's next? Yep. And, and, and when you begin that process and you show that you, to yourself that I'm here for you and I'm, I'm here to do this because I'm, I've got your back. Mm-hmm. It's just going to start showing up. The epiphanies will yeah. come. I mean, like, after realizing some things and after proving to myself, I support myself that I'm not going to like abandon myself. It was like all of these realizations just showed up at my door because it's like, okay, finally we're safe to see all this. Cause yeah. you're not going to let me die or let something bad happen to me because of these moments you're I'm realizing. And, and that alone is like, no, I'm not, we're going to, we're going to get through it. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And because I'm committed to it. And that's, yeah that sometimes, you know, that process alone can sometimes take a minute because your brain feels like you've, you've abandoned yourself quite a few times because we've had to, to survive. Yeah, absolutely. And then it becomes normal. Yeah. Then we were like, no, what is the self-care? It's unhealthy. It's unsafe. Like no brain. What we were doing before was unsafe. What we're doing now is good. It's unfamiliar, but it is good. <laughs> if you do anything today with anything we've, we've talked about, shared with you, if anything, when you hear a voice that's highly critical, think who said that? Is it my mom, my dad, or who? Who's who taught me that? And then it's not say, your higher self. Your higher self does not speak to you that way. No. And say to yourself or say to the voice, I don't accept that. Thank you. No, thank you. And begin there because then you begin to kind of disassociate that voice from your own. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to hold space for yourself and realize that you're, you're, you're so much more than what that voice is telling you. So if you need help, and you want to work through some of your epiphanies and some of your energies and your self-talk. Both of us are highly skilled intuitives working in our own realm. You have our, your beloved intuitive therapist, Vanessa, 
as well as me, which is an intuitive healer. And we work together to do our trauma release, which is working to our trauma cleanse, working to identifying the trauma, identifying the voices, seeing how they play in your life, and then really working to release through working with Vanessa, and then also through cellular memory through me. And of course, bringing in that light to backfill and to bring a new narrative to the table. Yeah. How amazingly wonderful you are and how to best support yourself for your highest good. Of course. We thank you for joining us today. We thank you for always joining us. Um, We hope that you're enjoying your summer and we will talk to you soon. Yeah. If you were triggered by anything said in this podcast, please dial 911 or go to your local emergency room. To more deeply understand your unique emotional reaction to today's podcast, I'd love for you to connect with me. You can find me at vanessaperrycounselor at gmail.com or at www.vanessaperry.net. And if you wish to take your healing further, through energy work or channeling angels or the highest level beings, please reach out to me, Grace, at graceevergreen.com or graceevergreen at outlook.com. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.